Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're uh, now going to uh, have the opportunity to interview an attorney who just recently joined the team at PJI, attorney Harold uh, Franklin. And uh, uh, he's involved in a, a number of cases already right out of the gate. Uh, welcome to the show, Harold. We're glad to have you on the program. Well, thanks, you, Brad. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, we're, we're glad to have you. And um, uh, now, you, Harold, you're also a pastor of, of a church as well, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I, I love that because uh, we also have another pastor, or who, an attorney who's also a pastor or at, at a, of a church out of our uh, Massachusetts Boston office. Uh, and I, uh, I think that's a, a great, powerful combination to be both have, you have your juris doctor, be an attorney, but also uh, have that biblical foundation that's inherent in uh, being a pastor. So well, what are some of the legal uh, issues that, uh, that you uh, have come into contact with uh, since joining the PGI team? Well, the, the primary issues at this point have been the... Uh the vaccination mandate cases. So it's uh, quite a few city and state employees that were fired as a result of the the governor's mandate, which was issued back in August and came into effect in October. And uh, so primarily, those are the main cases that I have been uh, looking at and getting ready to file. I filed, I think we filed, we were actually scheduled to file one this week. Uh, in um, Whitman County, and then um, from there we've got we have a couple on this side of the the mountains, uh, in the Bellingham area. Okay, so for people who are not familiar with this Washington State, uh, you're basically in a nutshell talking about the Seattle area, right? Yeah. So my 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 area is in Seattle, and and that's what I f- refer to as west of the mountains, um, but. The initial filing case that we have is going to be east of the mountains. And so Tracy Trivett, who's also a Washington state attorney for PJI, will be helping me with that case. Yeah, Uh, she's uh, been uh, doing a great job there in Washington state. Uh, But we have so many cases, so much so much taking place. uh, We definitely needed another office and one specifically uh, on the west side of the mountains in the Seattle uh, area. And uh, we're just so blessed that uh, you responded to, to that uh, that calling, and we're glad to have you on our team. So let's talk about some of the the, the cases you're handling. Can you give us any kind of information, uh, and you may be limited, but uh, to talk about uh, some of the specific names or facts, but give us a, an idea, if you will, of, say, that case you're, you're going to be filing in the near future or one that you've already filed. Sure. Uh, it, it's involving a... Um a resident doctor who was doing his residency. Um, and he he's actually an immigrant from, I think he said, from the Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken. But he's definitely an immigrant from Eastern Europe. Um, so this was kind of a, a shock to him, obviously. But so he was doing his residency. He was, 
uh, he was asked, he asked for religious exemption from the vaccine. The interesting thing about it was the hospital where he was doing the residency approved the exemption, but the school that he was attending would not approve it. And so, and then they later on told him, told the, the hospital not to approve the exemption. And so therefore they fired him as a result. Okay, and, so he's not, this is someone who's, who went to med school and now he's in his residency. Before they can hang their shingle out and say, I'm a doctor, uh, they have to do a residency. That's where they, it's hands-on, uh, under the supervision of a doctor. They're, they're applying what they learned. Uh, they right. have to go through that. If they don't go through a residency, they cannot become a medical doctor, right? That's correct. Okay. So the hospital has no problem, the fact that he's not vaxxed with, uh, for the COVID-19 vaccine. I think that's very rational because we know that the vaccine <laughs> doesn't prevent transmission. Right. So it's illogical that a hospital would require someone on staff to be vaccinated with a vaccine that's really not acting like a vaccine anymore. It's not preventing transmission. Um, there's no interest involved, uh, legitimacy for a hospital to, re to require such a thing as that. So I think what, you know, they're, they're solid in their policy, but it's a university where this gentleman isn't even attending anymore. He's, he finished his coursework. They have to sign off on the residency, I guess. They have to have it as a part of him becoming a, a, a doctor. Right. So even though he's not on campus at the university, working at the university or going to class, they're sabotaging him by ordering the hospital where he is at, has no problem with him not being vaccinated. They're saying, no, no, no. He has to be vaccinated. Even though we have no interest in making this pronouncement, he has to be vaccinated. And if he's not, we're not going to recognize his residency. We're not going to allow him to become a medical doctor. Um, to me, that is just a, a control thing. Some egotistical bureaucrat probably at that university that needs to have their hand slapped or fired um, is abusing their authority. It's illogical. It's oppressive. Um, what are some of the things that you're planning on arguing in this case against this intolerant, bigoted, um, anti-religious institution they call university? Well, I think you've hit most of them already. I think uh, <laughs> the, 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 Ex the, an overextension of control is the main thing, obviously, the violation of his religious freedoms, um, because he has the right to exempt out of the uh, vaccination. Even the mandate says that. Um, just and then, you know, it, it didn't stop there, because after he after he lost his residency, um, he had to try to find a school that would accept him so that he can complete his program. First, he had to start his residency all over. He had already started it. Now he had to begin again. But in addition, because he was terminated during his residency, this was a black mark on his academic slash professional career. And therefore, he couldn't find very many schools that would take him. Fortunately, he was able to find one in Florida and, uh, and now he's he started his residency, but he's lost income, obviously. Um, his family had to be relocated uh, for a while. He went back into his uh, family business, which was uh, the family, I think, were contractors. So he was working as a contractor for a few months just to keep 
things going at his household because he was the sole uh, earner in his family. So it, it was a pretty big uh, toll on his his personal life, his family life, and his obviously his religious life. And so all those things are going to be brought up once the case begins, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Did you know that PJI's Church Finds Its Voice initiative is a huge success and coming alongside pastors to encourage them to get all their congregants registered to vote and then to vote biblically in every election for candidates that share the Christian worldview and commit to serve their constituents with that mindset. We communicate regularly with over 3,000 pastors and we do it all free of charge. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. So he had to move, he and his family, had, they had to move to Florida. Yes. Uh, for him to, he found a, a medical school there that says, okay, we'll, we'll bring you under our, our medical school so you can get your residency done. Um. So he had to move to Florida. He had lost income. He's had, had to work as a contractor for a while to make ends meet. Right. Um, someone who should be helping people in the hospitals, who's trained and qualified for residency, was having to hammer nails in wood, um, contract, you know, contractor work, whatever that involved. Uh, it's not like we have an overabundance of, of doctors. We have a shortage of doctors, don't we? Well... I think based on, and I, I did this uh, research a little while ago when the, uh, as we call it, the, uh, the Obamacare law was passed, I was uh, speaking to some groups about how, you know, they're dealing you're, dealing, you're dealing with a demand question, but you're never addressing the supply question. You can't mandate that everybody gets medical insurance and you only have less than a million doctors to treat 300 million people in a country. And so I did the numbers, and that's basically what it came out to be. I think that with all different specialties, with all different groups, there was only less than a million doctors uh, that were practicing at the time the Obamacare law was passed. So yes, absolutely, given the, the state of the insurance industry and what's happened since then, uh, yeah, there's always going to be a, a need for more doctors. The more you mandate uh, people have to have insurance, the more you're going to increase the demand and that the demand increases. The, the rule says supply has to increase. And when it comes to doctors, it's very difficult to increase that supply because that's a, such a long track to even become a doctor. Yeah. So oh. those are the things that they never consider. And now this is what you're left with. You're left with long waiting lists. You're left with, well, you have to do this. Well, you have to wait for this. You have to go here. You have to go there. And uh, so, yeah, we definitely are in need of doctors. There's no question about that. Right. So instead of him helping to meet that need and helping people with real medical issues, um, he was forced because of a bureaucrat, intolerant bureaucrat, to have to do contractor work instead for a while and then, and then move his, his whole family to Florida. Um, right. That's, that's ridiculous. Now, he did have a religious exemption, correct, uh, yes. that he, he filed for what? Was it just just turned down, or did they did they find that uh, did they believe that he wasn't sincere in his faith? Well, that's 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 an interesting question because the, I think the schools actually said in a response email that they did not 
consider his religious exemption a valid religious exemption. And, and I don't, they don't really give a reason for that. They just state it. And then the second reason, of course, was the it would it would create an undue hardship if they tried to accommodate him. So well, the usual answers. Uh, yeah. But they actually usually they don't say, uh, well, we don't believe that your religious uh, your 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 was it called your specific religious objection to the or your your sincerely held religious beliefs are valid is what they said. Yeah. And. And that's that's the part where they've stepped in the hole because they don't have the right to make that judgment. Right. I mean, uh, you know, if the person in a, you know in a letter or something says, "I'm going to just make up a, a religious belief," I mean, yeah, they could they can then attack it. But there's no evidence to support the fact that these uh, that he's sincere with regards to his religious beliefs and convictions. We've seen this line pulled. Over and over again, Harold, all across the United States and with PJI cases involving individuals, solid Christians, people of solid faith, um, they've prayed about it, they have convictions about it against these very controversial, uh, potentially dangerous, you know, COVID vaccines, depending on the individual. So uh, this is real. And yet uh, to have them have the audacity to come and say, yeah, we just, um, we don't, we don't think you're. You're, you're, you're valid, your religious beliefs are valid, or we don't believe you're, you're really sincere. I, you know, I, I find that uh, very disturbing. It's, I think it's also very revealing, frankly, as to the, the character and potentially the motives and, in, and intentions um, of those making this decision, uh, of, uh, an intolerant decision with regards to this doctor who just wants to practice medicine. So, right. uh, and as far as reasonable accommodation, uh, you know, we, we, we've taken on cases before challenging hospitals who say, oh, it's going to be too much of a burden uh, to, to have them uh, accommodated. Uh, you know, we've agreed to accommodations dealing with wearing a mask, uh, being tested regularly. We did that all across right. America. We proved that it, it was functional. And we've had hospitals trying to, uh, to use it as an argument, you know, saying, realize, okay, yeah, okay, you're right. Okay, we'll, we'll accommodate. Uh, there was no attempt for reasonable accommodation here at all, was there? They just simply said, oh, we, we, can't, we can't accommodate, right? Yes, that's true. That's correct. Yeah, I'm, I am so glad, Harold, we have someone like you uh, with your experience and, and savvy, uh, with litigation experience specifically, taken on this case. Uh, you've been practicing law for uh, at least a few months, haven't you? A few months. I think uh, somewhere around 31 years, I think it's... <laughs> Yes. And you've been in, it's been quite some time. And you've been in court and you've argued cases and you've done depositions. Um, you know, you're experienced, you have the savvy. And I think that that doctor is uh, very blessed to have you uh, representing, but not just you, but also the whole PJI team. Because as you alluded to earlier, uh, we attorneys, we work together on the team to make sure that every attorney has everything they need uh, collectively. Uh, to make sure that that client is getting the best representation. And uh, I'm really glad that you're there and, and working uh, with uh, the attorney we have there in Washington State, as well as uh, connecting and communicating with uh, other attorneys throughout the country that we work with and have on staff at PJI. I think we're about 27 attorneys now with PJI. And um, I'm glad that for you to be number 27. I'm, we're glad to have you on our, our team. Um, 
what do you what legal issues do you see down the, the, the horizon for you and PJI moving forward? What other kinds of issues? Well, I think the abortion issue is going to have to will come up again. It's obviously not on the same level on the state's level. I think Washington is one of those come and have an abortion states. Um, and I think that's going to create some legal issues around that issue. Um, that, that's I think that's maybe one that's on the horizon. I think we've we've all seen the uh, the transgender issues become an issue. You know the pronouns first, but now it's the actual the transition surgery and schools taking kids against the parents' wishes to take get these hormone shot. <clears throat> excuse me, the hormone shots, uh, the the puberty blockers, all those things. I think those are probably the bigger issues coming down the pike. I mean, I mean the the transgender issues already here. I think the abortion issues are here. But I think those are probably going to start arising in the in the near future because I think, especially the transgender issue and the parent parental rights questions. I mean, those are just to me such an abominable uh, affront against parental rights and having raised my kids and I personally did not allow my kids to go to public school. But not well, my kids are all grown now. I mean, my yeah. oldest son is thirty eight. So he's long since high school days, but I have uh, 12 grandkids at this point, um, and I'm trying to get them out of these public schools because it's just, you know, it's just not conducive for education, first of all, but anything for that matter. I mean, the moral cesspool that public schools have become is just such a disappointment. And, you know, the bad thing about it was I grew up, I went to public schools, I went to the Seattle public schools, and they were nothing like they are today, and and I would never even suggest anyone ever go back to those schools. And that's that's right. where we are now, though. Did you know that PJI is the only legal defense nonprofit in America that serves state citizens by fighting state legislatures across the country to ensure unconstitutional or corrupt bills don't become unconstitutional or corrupt laws? That's right. For over 12 years, PJI's Center for Public Policy has generated success by standing firm in opposition to unconstitutional or immoral state bills. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis, including our work through our Center for Public Policy, by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Yeah, the, the the hardcore reality, and we we've seen. You know, I'm sure there's there's case examples of people who uh, come out as transgender who were maybe homeschooled or maybe came from a private Christian school, uh, but it's it's very obvious that uh, transgenderism is exploding in the public schools yes. um, to the point that public schools have become dangerous uh, in this yeah. regard. It's no longer a a strange uh, you know occurrence. I remember speaking to a gentleman. He's a Christian. He's a vice principal of a of a high school in a, in a school district, and he said that he said, "Look, you know, we're we're we have a conservative school district. We're never gonna, you know, we're not gonna have transgenders in our school school district." By the end of the school year, I talked to him, and he said, he shook his head. He says, "Shoot, we we have it. Uh, our mm-hmm. our our high schools now, on average, 
have two or three transgenders in a very wow. conservative public school district. So mm -hmm. public schools are not safe. I agree with you 100% on this, Harold, and that um, this is something we're going to be watching for. I believe also that uh, cases involving people who, who uh, you know, had surgery, had the, horm or, or the hormone shots, and uh, especially as a minor, and uh, they become an adult, I think we're going to see more and more of those uh, willing to sue uh, the yeah. hospital, sue the doctors. And I know we at Pacific Justice Institute are encouraging them to contact us um, yeah. if they're in that scenario where they didn't get adequate counseling or they had the procedure and they had medical issues because of that and, and weren't informed of the consequences and didn't, you know. I, these are people that I think are, could have great lawsuits and I encourage uh, people out there if they're in that situation to give us a call and contact us uh, if you know of someone needing this assistance. Have them contact us at pji.org. We do all the work without charge. We right now have over 115 cases in active litigation as we speak. That number is growing and growing at a faster clip, faster than ever before, because we want to make sure everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road. So if you're one of those people out there, you need help, contact us. That's what makes us uh, so unique is the fact that we uh, do work hard to make sure that everyone gets help. We don't just cherry-pick a few high-profile cases. That's what's so exciting about uh, the ministry of PJI. Uh, we also have offices all across the country. No other organization of our kind uh, similar in any way has anything like that, that kind of a ground game to go to bat for you without charge, you, your church, your business. So don't hesitate to contact us. And once again, I also want to thank those of you out there who are choosing to uh, participate in the matching grant program. Uh, it's a campaign. It's matching dollar for dollar up to $350,000. Uh, so if you want to participate in that, also just go to our website, pji.org. Uh, every donation will be matched dollar for dollar up to a total cap of $350,000. Harold, we have a case we took on involving a 16-year-old. That's what happened to her. Uh, but before they could do the cutting and the injecting, we went into court. We got a court to halt it. And uh, after intensive litigation, we got that girl restored back to her Christian family. This is in California. And yeah. at the final hearing, the girl said, uh, Your Honor, actually, I don't think I want to be a boy after all anyway. <laughs> so that's, it's so important. And, and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're seeing this as an issue, not just in California, Washington State, but this is something spreading really across the country and even could be uh, spread through state legislation as well as even uh, the Senate. Uh, the Congress, uh, yeah. you know, the White House. Uh, I mean, I, I see the players, the activists there who would love to push something like this legislatively. What say you? Well, I agree, right? As, as it's currently made up, that's definitely the issue. Um, hopefully with the, the victory in the uh, House, that'll prevent some of that. Uh, we don't have a, a just a completely blue House, Senate, and presidency, but... Um, all you need is a few stragglers that come alongside and, 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 and don't follow the, or they want to walk step, lock step with the administration. And then you, boom, you have what we all fear. And that's, I think that's the most diabolical thing about this. It's, I mean, these are public officials that we have put into office. Well, maybe I didn't vote for them. But they still have a have a duty to represent the interest of the American people, not just uh, a small constituency. And I think it should be pointed out that no matter how much they're trying to push these agendas, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's transgenderism, 
there's still a small minority of the population. And for them to act as if these people are a, such a great majority or everybody wants to be one, um, it's just it's just a bold-faced lie. Right. And and I think that's, that's the kind of things we have to call out, them out on. Right. They've already tried it with the uh, what they called uh, – uh, they tried to ban the, the counseling procedures that supposedly turn people from the homosexual lifestyle. They've, they've right. already passed legislation to do that. It's clearly that you're going to see the same thing in the transgender field. Uh, and, right. and all those kinds of things. Uh, but at some point. Right. Everybody's going to have to start to get to wake up. You're absolutely, you the know, Harold. You're, you're absolutely right. They need to wake up. They need to be involved. And um, I just want to thank you, Harold, for the work that you're doing and joining our team at PJI. We ran out of time. Uh, oh, okay. But we'll uh, we'll have you on again. And God bless you. Keep up the great work. Thank All right. you. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.